Welcome back to Graging Acefully, a podcast of transcontinental sister friends discussing the art of graging acefully. I'm Amanda Topping. And I'm Kate Straub. Hey, Kate. Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm all right. Do you want to tell our friends what we're talking about? Spooky story time and season of All Hallows. We're going to talk about the, 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 and I think Amanda just threw out the idea of going by decade of, um, decade by decade of like stories, stories, like spooky, scary stories, um, which actually saying that I just thought of one in elementary school, which I just, I'm like, I didn't have it when I was an adult. I know it just takes me a minute to dust off the, the files in my head. Do you know what? I'm, I'm really intrigued about this because we've been friends long enough that we've talked about everything a lot of the things Mm -hmm. and I don't think we've talked about this other than when you lived in my house like a little bit of that stuff but (laughs) but right like to your knowledge to your memory no I don't think we have um yeah because I had some some crazy stuff happening around when I got sick but I don't think I talked to you about I don't think we were chatting much that around then because you were like just so eyeball deep in your own yeah did you did you have some ancestor visits though that's what I remember yeah okay okay so I proposed before I hit record too that um should we start by saying do you believe in ghosts but I think that's kind of a moot point clearly we've seen some shit (laughs) clearly there's something that's misunderstood yeah unknowable not misunderstood it's unknowable the un the undefined the who can say who can say, but I, you know, if we can just make sure that there's time because I hadn't, something happened last night that Amanda. Right. Well, that's why, cause you'd said that. And I was like, well, did you have anything happen in childhood? Okay. So let's just right out of the gate. What? Age zero through 10. Tell your childhood ghost story. Okay. So the one thing that I do remember, well, two things. So in the house we lived in, I always remember there was this feeling of like when you had to run up the stairs, but I think that was really normal. Of like mm-hmm. kids in like basements and you're like I have to run up the stairs because it felt like at the back of my neck something was like getting me totally. um, so I always had that like basement feeling but the playground um of the elementary school I went to like some of the houses butt up to the playground and there was a fence and you could see in the back of their windows and there was like a third story window that always had the shadow in it um, and I remember like, we all said it was like haunted and someone lived up there and like, we would talk about seeing shadows. And for some reason, I have a memory of like an evil leprechaun around, um, you know, St. Patty's day. Like we came up with that, but, um, obviously that was just, you know, kid, you know, imaginings, but I don't think I came across anything super paranormal. How about you? Um, Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, my parents divorced when I was six. And before you go assuming it was just the stress of being a kid with divorced parents, not at all. Cause my whole family experienced this shit. Um, my parents divorced and my mom and me and my brother and sister moved into a, a different house, a new house, <clears throat> new, old, 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 very old house. And, um, I was, by the time we got in there, I was seven and, uh, they were just like strange things right out the gate. So 
And it's kind of funny because my, my sister is seven, almost eight years older than me. And my brother is three years older than me. My brother just categorically can't remember shit. So he's kind of like, do you remember that time? And he's like, what? You know, and then my sister and I are like, oh, never mind. You know, <laughs> but so she's a really good reference point because, um, she can remember things. Whereas my mom also is kind of like, well, I don't know. You know, it's, it's different when you experience things as a kid, I think, but my mom can also will agree these things happen. So we moved into this house and what happened for me as a seven-year-old is that, um, I kept having like an old man and woman come to me in the middle of the night. And I just thought I dreamed it. They'd come to my bedside and they were like, this really lovely, loving presence. And they'd be like, come on, come on, let's go out here. Let's go to the living room. Let's go to the living room. And I'd be like, no, I'm tired. You know, like I was like, and I dreamed about them. And, um, and then what started to happen is that, um, when I'd wake up in the morning, my pillow would be gone. And I would look at, we had bunk beds, my sister and I, she slept on the top. I slept on the bottom and I couldn't, um, find my pillow. And I was complaining to my mom, like, who's taking my pillow? You know, she's like, I don't know. It's here on the couch, you know? And I, and uh, she said, did you wake up in the night? Did you, you know, hang out in the living room? No, 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 it kept happening. And then I ended up telling her like, they, they keep taking my pillow who with the man and the woman, the old man and the woman, they're like grandma and grandpas, not my grandma and grandpas who were still alive at the time. And she's like, what? No, you know, uh, so it was just like this annoyance and it felt like, like I can still see them now, like what they look like. So weird. Um, and it kind of kept progressing. And then one time I was actually, I woke up, no, it was twice. One time I woke up and I was unlocking our front door because they were trying to get me to go outside. And I woke up because we had like the doorknob lock and then we had like a deadbolt and then we had like the chain, you know, and I was trying. So I woke up as I was like doing, undoing the third lock. And I was completely like, what, what am I doing? You know, it, it scared me. I was seven. And so I like quickly locked all the doors and ran into my room and just went back to bed. And then another time it happened where I actually, um, came to, if I was sleepwalking, whatever, but they were like, come on, come with us, come with us. Um, and I came to outside, outside of our porch in our bushes, like I was huddled in our bushes and my mom had no idea she was asleep in her room. And again, I was like, oh, and I came to, and I like ran in the house and I locked out the doors <clears throat> and, um, and I was really afraid to tell my mom about it. Cause I thought I'd get in trouble for like going outside at night because <laughs> I was a kid, like, yeah. you know, like, what are you doing? Um, but it really scared me. Um, and I think I told my sister about it. And she's like, yeah, it, you know, it's okay. It's weird stuff, whatever. And I think, you know, it just, that kind of ended up fading. But what I learned later was during that time period. So my sister was 14 going on 15 at the time. Maybe she was already 15. Um, clearly as a seven-year-old, I went to bed earlier than she and my mom. And it was a great big creepy ass house and downstairs in the basement, like, um, was our laundry stuff. And my sister tells stories about like, they would, you know, lock up the back door, let the dog out, let the dog back in, lock up the back door, 
flip the laundry or whatever, washer to dryer. And then they'd come back. So as you came up the basement stairs, you came into the kitchen and it was like a, a long, narrow kitchen, but it had a shit ton of cabinets for some reason, like, like 20 cabinets. It had so many cabinets in it. Um, and they'd come up from the basement and every cupboard door would be open. Like all of them. And all the drawers would be pulled out. Like all the lower cabinets, all the higher cabinets, all the drawers would be pulled out. And they were just like, what um, the fuck? What the fuck? Close everything, push it all in, go to bed, wake up the next morning. All the cupboard doors would be open. All the drawers would be pulled out. And unbeknownst to them, my shit was going on with these old people trying to lure me outside crazy shit right <clears throat> there were other times other things of like you know we had left the house we'd gone like my pa- grandparents lived in Detroit we'd go see them and coming home at night the house is you know should have been dark and uh same like every light in the house would be on you know and we're like what the hell like every single possible light would be on and they're like nobody's in there. Nobody has a key. You know, it was so bizarre. Even my dad, who was like, you know, (laughs) divorced from my mom, didn't have a key to the house, you know? So it was like, what the hell? It it just, that was like super crazy stuff. And it all kind of like died down after the first couple months in the house. And then it just was like a non-issue. It's like they were testing you out. They were, I don't know. I'm like, the hell is con- and it was like that weird thing i listened to like a lot of like spooked and like scary story podcasts and that whole thing of like ghosts and demons kind of coming on as like benevolent nice spirits and then they snatch your ass up and then you find out they're not they're bad <laughs> they were trying to make you go outside so they were trying to make me go outside like it's crazy super crazy um so yeah, that was my that was my childhood ghost story. Um, fast forward teenage years. That's serious. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's, that's it's scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> Did you have anything in your teen years? Yes, definitely. I, I don't think I did. So I'm gonna say, tell us your story, Mandy. Okay, I have two. One's quick. Um, in 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 high school, uh, my friend Sarah lived at the kind of like at the end of this dirt road street. It did turn, so it wasn't a proper dead end. It was only, but it wasn't a T junction either. You could only go one way. Anyway, at the end of the street was where she lived, and they had um, horses and a you know a small horse farm and land. And we were <clears throat> uh, always hanging out in her yard or in the horse barn or whatever. And she smoked cigarettes, and obviously you can't smoke in a horse barn. It's really dangerous because it's wood and there's everything's flammable. Right. right. So, um, so we were always, um, uh, just like standing out in the middle of the black pitch black yard in the middle of the night, you know, whatever hour, mm-hmm. um, so she could smoke cigarettes. And, um, and one time we were out there, there was, there was four of us total, and this was like our UFO sighting. <laughs> I swear to you, this is in Belleville. We're standing oh, there and it's like, there's a little bit of light pollution because you've got like the Ford plants, you know, kind of nearby. And like the sky is kind of like, lit up, but it's, right. Or yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But 
like I said, she's at the end of the street and it's just woods and fields. So it's kind of dark. It's a clear night stars. And we're just out there fucking around, laughing, joking in the dark while, you know, they smoke cigarettes and this like, I don't know what to call it. It was like this hovering light was like, came like, and it was like hovering over us. Oh my gosh. Several hundred feet for sure. And it just was stationary. And we were looking up like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? What is that? You guys? Oh my God. And we were like starting to like panic walk, run toward like the house. Late eighties, late probably early nineties, late eighties. Mm, yeah. It was, must've been like nine, no, 91. It must okay. Have been 91. Um, yeah. And we were like looking up and all of a sudden it just went and it like shot across the sky so fast. And it was gone. It was just like that gone. And I don't know <laughs> to this day, never seen anything like, and I'm not a big UFO. I totally can hear a ghost story all day. Aliens. I could give a shit about, I don't know why, but uh, that was like, in, you know, we didn't even, we were just speechless. Like, who is even going to believe us? You know, nobody has right. a cell phone in 91. There was no taking photos. There was no document. No, even if you had a camera, it would have been a shit photo. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah this is a street light. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Sarah, my friend Sarah, in that house is part of my next story. So, I had moved into uh, the apartment at the end of North Adams Street where I ended up buying a house and living for 20 odd years later. Yeah. I I actually lived on three different houses in North Adams on that same damn block. Um, The universe clearly wanted me there. But so my first place was in an apartment in this great big old house on the corner. And um, the house you and I both lived in, wasn't it? Did you live in that house too in the corner? Talk about that. Cause that was when I had, there was like weird, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. this apartment's haunted for sure. Wait, which, which one did you live on the corner? Yeah. 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 But like what uh, apartment? You walked, like, the door? you walked up in the door and it was the first <laughs> one on the right. Now, mind you, it wasn't my apartment. It was my friend's apartment that I squatted in for four months. Yeah. 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 Okay. For a while. So I was more couch surfing, but um, yeah. Yeah. That okay. house is haunted as fuck. And I've got many other accounts to to tell you about, but my time there. So I walked in the door, went up the stairs. My apartment was on the left. So I lived there with my boyfriend. He worked midnights. I worked days, never saw each other. And that relationship, you know, died in that apartment, essentially. (laughs) That has nothing to do with anything. So I moved in there. We moved in there rather. And because we were on different shifts, you know, we didn't see each other. So oftentimes in the evenings, um, I was like there and unpacking, And I was sitting on the couch and I was unpacking boxes and I had like the overhead living room light on. I didn't have lamps set up yet, you know, like whatever. So it was really bright in there and I'm taking stuff out of this box. And I just like, there's, I see like this hovering, huge black, I I thought there was smoke in the apartment and I didn't see, I couldn't smell smoke, but I, that's what my brain was like something's on fire. And it was like this huge black hovering thing over my head. And I looked up and no, it was just this huge black hovering thing, like, like all around the ceiling. And I was like, uh, 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 fuck. No, no, no. And it was like, it was gone. But then I called Sarah 
my friend and her grandma was like from Kentucky and like hardcore Southern Baptist. And I was telling her, like, I just saw this black covering thing. And um, Sarah's like, no way, get the fuck out of here, dude. And her grandma's like, what's going on? <laughs> and she was like, Mandy saw a black covering, you know, something on her ceiling. And she's like, you tell that girl to get out of that house right now. Get out of there right now. <laughs> rebuke that, that demon rebuke like, okay. and I was like okay because yeah. my boyfriend was at work and I and I didn't want to sleep there so I packed up my shit and drove over said. to Belleville yeah I drove and and, and like P.S. Like this was my second apartment as an adult. So I felt really foolish. Like I had lived away from home already for like a year and a half. This is my second apartment with my boyfriend. And I felt really foolish being like, I'm going to go have a sleepover <laughs> because I'm afraid, but I did. And I went to work, you know, the next morning. And so over the next several weeks, all sorts of shit happened. Um, I had an old timey alarm clock, you know, the kind with the two bells on the top that the oh, yeah. little hammer goes ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <clears throat> it was, it was long broken because I broke the key off the back, how you wind it, you know, like, and it was a type, it was an old clock that you had to wind for it to work. But you kept it. But I kept it. It hadn't worked in like four years. I got it in high school. I'm just pointing out that you kept a broken clock. Okay. I did because it was old timey and cute. <laughs> <laughs> I threw it away after this next one. Like you are such not a tchotchke person, which I find really funny. So yeah, uh, all right. um, but it was, it was cute. But anyway, so it was, I was asleep. I was asleep in my bed in the haunted apartment and everything was fine. And that clock was in the living room on a bookshelf. And um, I woke up at like three in the morning to it going, ah! it was ringing. It was ringing so fucking loud and hard. And I opened my eyes and again, and I'm like, is there a fire? I'm thinking smoke detector, yeah, fire alarm. I, there's like six apartments in this huge old house. So I'm getting up and I'm like, what? And then like the apartment's dark because it's nighttime. And I go into the living room and yeah, that clock is just ringing its ass off. And I pick it up and I, I can't, I don't know how to shut it off because like in my head, I'm like, this is, this clock doesn't work. It's broken. Right. <laughs> like, right. how do you turn something off? It's broken. And I just like, I threw it down on the ground really hard just to shut it up. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to break it further. I don't know what the hell. Right. You're not like it's... salvaging a, a functional thing. No. And I was like, so spooked and I just slammed it down and it stopped. And then I like, I turned on every light in the house and like, you know, just made a cup of tea and stayed awake. I had to be to work at seven in the morning. I'm like, looks like I'm up. Um, come out of the clock after you threw it on the floor. What's that? The black plume come out of the, <laughs> No, I don't know. I was so scared and I felt like I was going crazy. You know what I mean? And so I was like, okay, I don't even know what that's all about. Go to work, whatever. Uh, next incident happens. I'm again, middle of the night asleep. My boyfriend's at work. Um, I've got an old timey bathroom sink, right? The kind that's really common here in England, but in America, it's really uh, <laughs> not common. It's old timey where you have your hot and your cold with the two faucets. Yeah. Instead of one tap, you've got two. Yeah. And they've got those old timey spigots on the top that you have to turn yeah. right left and right to get them to come on and off. Woke up in the middle of the night to the bathroom sink overflowing because the taps were on full blast. 
just gushing water, just right. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, what the fuck? This is the tiniest apartment. There's a tiny bathroom. There's a tiny bedroom, tiny living room and a box of a kitchen. That's it. That's it. (laughs) So again, I turn off the the water and I turn on all the lights and I stay awake. And I, of course I go over to um, Sarah's house after work the next day. And I'm telling her grandma about this. And I'm like, I don't know, grandma Rose, (laughs) what to do. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. And, uh, (laughs) and she's like, you need to walk in every room in that house and you need to tell those spirits, you've got an evil spirit. That is not a friendly spirit. You need to tell them they are not welcome in your space and you need to pray. And, you know, I grew up Catholic. I wasn't a practicing Catholic then. And, and she, of course thought that being a Catholic was, you know, useless (laughs) as a heathen. She's like, you pray any prayer that you know. And I was like, I know our father and I know the Hail Mary. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, kind of like sheepishly, like mm, our father who aren't in heaven, you know, I felt like an idiot, didn't really do it. Last, last bit of this. Um, it's uh, like seven, eight o'clock at night. It's probably this time of year, autumn, October-ish, November. And I'm on the phone with my mom. And I'm telling her about these things that have happened in this house, right? <laughs> and, uh, and as I'm talking to her, this is a second story apartment. I'm sitting next to the window that faces the street. And all of a sudden, there is this loud banging on the wall. Like, you know, the way policemen knock on doors? Yeah. So hard and so loud. It was like that. And I screamed and my mom's like, oh my God, who's beating on your door? And I said, that's not coming from the door. That's coming from the wall. And she's like, there's gotta be an animal on the wall. And I said, that's the external, like I'm on the second story, you know, like, (laughs) and it was like, somebody was, had to be on a ladder banging that hard. Well, yeah, because critters definitely can be in your wall on a second story, but they don't sound like that. They don't sound like that. And it was like, so no, I've had squirrels in my other house in North Adams. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, that's a little, they little literally sound like they're squirrely, right? <laughs> this was like a policeman's knock banging. And I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. I was on the phone. You heard that, right? She's like, yeah, I heard that. And it was like, it was still going. Go, 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 go. It was like so fucking hard. And I screamed and shit was like falling off of my shelf that was on that wall. And I was like, I was like, I've, I've got to go. I've got to go, mom. I cannot stay here. And she's laughing at me. Oh, I'm sure it's nothing. And I literally just told her about the alarm clock and the, <laughs> and the you know, the smoke that wasn't smoke and the water taps and all that. And she, uh, she was like, no. So I went to Sarah's and I had another sleepover and her grandma was like, you seriously, did you pray? And I was like, well, kind of half ass. And she was like, you go, you know, you stay tonight and tomorrow afternoon you go and you light candles and you, and I did, I walked around that house. Like I was Billy fucking Graham. I was like rebuking and praying and like opening windows and just setting paper on fire. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, and everything settled down. Everything stopped. No more nonsense. I do remember that that is the house. The one time I've been electrocuted 
was in that house. But I, I was working on a lamp and I don't, I don't remember if it was user error and that was around Halloween, but like, yeah. So, you know, like I said, bought a house, middle of the street. <clears throat> and in the last, I don't know, six years or so, um, I met a woman, Sam, who lived in that house. She recently left, like when the last year moved out, but she lived there for, I don't know, 10 years. And I had asked her as I got to know her because our kids, Magda, my youngest and her son are the same age. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I used to live in that house. And I just have to ask you, have you had any kind of like freaky paranormal stuff go on in there? And she's like, oh, oh yeah. All the time, all the time. It was really scary at first, but it just gets annoying. And She's like, now we just laugh about it. She's like, things get missing. Things get thrown across the room. Things like all sorts of shit. And, and she's like, yeah, there was a guy who hung himself in the house. He commits suicide in the house. And, and she's, uh, she's like, yeah, all sorts of crazy shits going on. And so last year she'd reached out to me and like, can you tell me your stories again? So I wrote them out just like in a message and a, you know, it, uh, Instagram message to her. And then she said she had reached because she was preparing to move out of the house. She was, she'd put it like at the mailboxes, um, you know, how the mailboxes are just inside the door of the house to ask the other tenants if they had any weird shit happen. And she actually got responses. (laughs) She actually got different replies. So I think that house just has a very angry asshole ghost in it. (laughs) Yeah, I was only there four months, so I think I missed most of that. But uh, I have you reached out back out to see if there's a compilation out there? No, I should. Um, she, I, I, I will. Uh, I'll personally let we'll, you know. We'll nudge that. We'll nudge that a little bit. We'll nudge that. It's really fascinating. I want to uh, reach out to uh, James Mann, the Ipsy historian. Oh yeah, we were just hanging out with him last night at the. Uh, haunted lantern tour yes 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 so i figured he'd have something well you know the archives is right in front of my house so you know if you want me to go check something out i could go uh, (laughs) on a slow day and go down in the basement be like what y'all doing what's right address um but yeah so i mean shall we continue on north adams (laughs) yeah for sure so yeah that was the that was probably my worst scariest stuff um, just because it was so, it was different than like, I'm half asleep in my sleep, you know, sleepwalking. These old people are trying to get me outside. It was like, so physically crazy making and, yeah. and then, and then and whatever it was, never fucked with my boyfriend who was there during the day sleeping, you know, cause he worked midnights. Mm. Like he never had any sort of thing. You're an but, easy target. It was an easy target. I'm a soft touched. <laughs> Slow hand. <laughs> they didn't know I had Grandma Rose on my side. Taught me how to pray. Yeah. yeah. And call to your elders. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... And it worked. I it, it worked. I'm like, well, I was also fed up of being scared. You know, yeah. conviction. Yeah. The first time I had like, so mine were more like ancestral as you had mentioned earlier, I haven't had, I think I have had random stuff happen, but nothing that I've held on to. And this was cheese of my memory. Um, but when I was in labor with Sam, cause it was really long the second night, 
Um, I remember just being awake and having contractions and, you know, probably a little sleepy at this point, but I remember like my grandmother who passed away when my mom was four. Um, so I never met this woman. I've only heard stories about her, you know, her name's grandma Katie. And I remember like grandma Katie standing at the end of my bed and just saying, it's okay. And, you know, it was a, you know, another day, but like, I just remember that strong presence and so, yeah, clearly you'd never met her. So was it like, just like this, like internal knowing of like that, this is who that person is. Yeah. My, my, my family comes to me and I usually know who it is. Sometimes I don't, but usually I do. And this was very clearly, um, my grandma Katie and she had, um, as far as I understand, uh, five pregnancies, four kids. Um, she passed away of cancer at 43. Mm. Um, you know, so, and her death has been a big pillar in, you know, my family of origin story. And, um, so her coming to and just saying, it's okay. And, you know, I kind of was like, okay. And so after I had Sam, um, you know, and becoming a parent and just having that profound universal shift of like, what the, oh my gosh, you were, you used to be inside of me. You're out of me now. Um, and then I remember it was not in your house, um, but it was in the next place we lived in the townhouse that mm-hmm. both of my grandfather, my grandfather passed away um, Christmas day, Sam's first Christmas, um, Christmas morning, my grand, cause we always like to do things with like flair. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandpa passed away Christmas morning. Um, and so after that, both my grandparents, um, my grandpa Snazzy and my grandma Katie, I was talking to them and just having conversations and just, it was comforting to me as being a new parent and alone a lot. Mm-hmm. Of the day. Um, and then Sam was sleeping and he, we, we did the family bed. So he was sleeping in our bedroom and Um, and I remember he went through this like two week phase where he would wake up and kind of panicky in the middle of the afternoon, which he would have like night terrors and that was normal, but like middle of the afternoon nap stuff was weirder to me. Mm -hmm. And he'd wake up and he'd be like, they're talking to me. They're talking to me. And it would make him Mm -hmm. scared. And I was just like, I was like, who's talking to you? And it's like, they just keep on talking to me. They want to talk to me. And I just, I wasn't quite sure. So I was just kind of rolling with it. <laughs> and so I, um, I must've talked to someone cause I took like a couple of crystals and you know, I'm in my mid twenties and I stood in our bedroom and I was like, Hey, grandma, grandpa. Um, so you can only talk to me. <laughs> I was like, you know, talk to Sam. Don's not really cool with it. Don has his own like ghost history, which is pretty, pretty solid. Um, so he hated ghosts, um, or like anything ghost, like, um, so, and, and then I, after that it stopped. So I don't know if it was just coincidence. I don't know if it was just kind of like, Hey, love chatting, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was like the first time I remember anything super profound. And then like, uh, like having, you know, the mouths of babes kind of, you know, reinforced mm-hmm. it a little bit. The biggest thing for me that was like kind of profound and, and, you know, my family, there's people in my family that we very freely talk about. Yes, we, 
we get communicated to by our ancestors. I didn't really hone that in um, until probably my late 30s, early 40s, probably more my early 40s. Um, and it became really profound around like right before I got sick, um, which was 2018. So 2017-ish, um, uh, my family uh, went through this really tough time. There was 13 cousins of us. Um, and we're bookend by, by Kate and Katie. So Katie was the oldest and I was the youngest and there was 13 of us and there was about 15 years span for all of us. And, um, in October of 2017, um, my cousin Katie, um, uh, got sick with, I think the flu and she passed away. Um, that was October. And then in December, another cousin who I think was second old no she might have been like she's in the was in the top five top four mm-hmm. top five of the oldest um she had a recurrence of her cancer in December and passed away a few months later in early 2018 then in June 2018 another cousin of mine died of cancer and then in July of 2018 I got diagnosed with cancer so mm-hmm. there was this like eight month window of just like WTF is right and in that window, like when my cousin started, um, you know, when that happened, um, we had a gas fireplace at my house and I had just gotten into the artist way and was doing like the three journaling pages in the morning. I'd wake up every morning and write like three journaling pages and, um, you're getting a little bit more into yoga and going to, you know, the Buddhist temple and all's good. And, um, but then my cousin passed away. And um, we had this gas fireplace that was really difficult to turn on. Like I'd have to take off the screen and sometimes I'd have to take out the log insert and kind of play with it a little bit and get it to light. Um, It was like a hand-me-down from a friend, but it worked and it gave heat and it was really nice and I liked it. Um, And so we started going through these phases where we would wake up in the morning and the gas fireplace would be on. And we didn't use it the night before. Right. And, um, and it was kind of like, okay. And so I was like, check in to make sure like everything was good with it, whatever. And this became a regular occurrence as, you know, these events started happening and it was building up to my medical event and it continued for, um, a couple of years after, um, not as frequently around that phase, but it would like, it got to the point where, you know, my partner was just like, somebody's trying to talk to you. It became normal. of just kind of like, <laughs> hey, your family is like, it's a, that's our calling card. Apparently that we, we, we turn on the fireplace. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like I, I was really, um, I was, I, I really appreciated it. Um, and then there was times once it started to quiet down a little bit, I would like go meditate and try to see if anybody was around. And, and I remember my aunt Helen coming to me. She's like, you don't need us. Oh, it was kind of like, stop, like, go to your thing. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so deflated. Right. Um, but then there was another time that I sat and I was journaling and it was in the era that they were popping up a lot. And I, um, I remember actually going through this really interesting embodiment grieving process. Um, I might cry talk about this. Um, like I embodied not my grief, but the grief of my grandmother. Oh, wow of her children and um like 
it's like because she was a mother of four and you know you know and had like even at in the tail end um had a fifth pregnancy and like having to leave your kids um, yeah and she was so young she was so young and mm-hmm. um and I went through this like just process one morning where I, I woke up fine, sat down to write and, you know, and all of a sudden, like I could feel that my grandmother was there and all of a sudden it just like flooded through me, like this emotional embodiment of it that wasn't mine. I was very, yeah. very clear. I'm like, okay, this is not mine, but it needs to come out. And I had all these like flashes of, um, you know, the grief of leaving children, the grief of the child, you know, that was lost, the grief of, you know, and the, and the, ang- and the anger was in there. Sure. And, um, and also the reper- like seeing the repercussions of her early death and how it is paid forward. And just, um, that was a really beautiful, crazy day. Yeah. Um, I, that, I really, um, yeah, that was nuts. Um, and then, um, so uh, usually it is people who have already passed that have come mm-hmm. like there's, um, I have been able to rat, like, like there was one time that like most folks were there, but I remember my grandpa was like off, like he wouldn't come super close. He was just like, just kind of tell he was farther off. And then, um, and then some folks just don't, you know, come around, but it's mostly the women that come around. But, mm-hmm. um, there was a time I was just telling my dad about this this morning. Um, so my grandma died at 102, um, a few years ago. And, um, it was, it was in her later days. Um, and she lived up in Lansing, which is about an hour, hour and a half from me. Um, and my mom who hasn't seen her ex-mother-in-law in decades, um, hasn't really talked to her. Um, they don't really have a relationship. And I was driving out to, you know, I was driving to something that I had to go to that afternoon. And my mom gives me a call and she's like, you need to call grandma D. And I was like, Oh, do you want? Okay. Um, and she's like, she just came to me and you need to call her. And my grandma was at an age where like, if you made a phone call to like a hundred year old human, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like trying to call Mars. Yeah. It's- I'm just like, I'm like, you don't call grandma. So kind of owning that, like, okay, um, and this is, you know, how normalized it is in my family when my mom says, hey, Grandma D came to me, who Grandma D is still alive, but she's, you know, not all there. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I guess I'll go see her today. And went to what I had to do and, you know, rearranged some plans and drove up to go see her. And she was really surprised to see me and ended up having, like, the sweetest, most beautiful day with her that I'm forever thankful for. Um, Cause I would always visit with my kids or my partner. It's just like, I didn't just get to have like time with me and my grandma. Cause I, I didn't do that. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just didn't do that. Um, so I went and saw her and I know she was sleepy at one point, which usually when she got tired, we would leave. But for that day, for some reason, I was like, okay, grandma, like, what do you want to do? And so I lifted her up from her wheelchair, like I walked into her bedroom, we lifted her up into bed of which the um, aides told me later, I put her in the bed totally wrong. Like, so her feet were elevated. I was, supposed to be, I was just like, I don't know. I just pulled grandma in bed. It's like, that's <laughs> I think I would sleep. I don't know why you got the bed backwards, but, um, and I sat with her and I actually ended up just like touching her 
<laughs> I did like a, what we call like a roving body check where it's like, I just put my hands on her shoulder and back applied a little pressure and then moved down the body and had my hand, like she said, her back hurt. So I rubbed her hips for a little bit and I rubbed her glutes and like down her leg and just, and it dawned on me. I was like, grandma, when was the last time you were just touched? Touched. Yeah. And I didn't bring it up cause she wasn't all there, but cause she was really enjoying it. And but then she was kind of getting relaxed and she was kind of getting in and out of consciousness. And at one point she was like staring, she told me she was like staring off at this car they had just bought and this fur coat that came with the car that mm. my aunt Shar wore and like this, that, and the other. And I mean, swear to all oh, that's holy. She is like a hundred freaking years old. It was, she was like 101, 100, 101 and something because she died in shortly mm-hmm. after that. And she was just like, Jenny was always the pretty one. And I'm like, Grandma, 102, we can let go of that by now. <laughs> like, Aww. you were holding on to vanity, like nobody's business. And um, I did tell my dad, I was like, yeah, when Grandma comes to me, you know, she chooses to come back at a very cute age. Um, <laughs> her presence is very like young and perky and great. And it's lovely. Um, but yeah, so I ended up just kind of like how holding her and touching her and she'd like, and she'd fall asleep and she'd come back. And, um, then at one point she just grabs my hand, my face with two hands and she just kisses me on the lip really hard. Like it was really aggressive. Like all of a sudden grandma's just like grabbing your face and kissing you. And she said, I love you. And, you know, and she was kind of in and out and, um, finally she fell asleep and I had to go and that was the last time I ever saw my grandma. No. And I feel like my grandma knew she was going to go. Mm-hmm. and I am so happy that you know whatever happened however grandma for somehow sent a message to my mom who is mindful enough to call me for me to go up to my grandma for me to give my grandma that last experience of right. tenderness you know um so I don't know how all that works but um, that's, that's, no, it's super profound. And, you know, when people, the hospice nurses will talk about that, like as people are, you know, kind of edging away, you know, stepping out of this, this world, it's like they, they see people and things, you know, that nobody else can see, but it's quite real. Do you ever wonder how many messages we are missing because we are so grind culture busy with our lives? Yes. I think about like, that all the time. It's right? <laughs> I like, like legit, like I've just, it's to become normalized to me. So I kind of feel, cause I do know that I went through a weird phase of like telling people, yes, I speak with my ancestors. They come to me. Like my mom and I have talked about, it. like she, she was like, you know, her mom hadn't come to her yet, but she'd come to me you know, and like being able to also have someone, I feel very lucky that I have someone I can talk to about and that is normalized and that I've normalized it. My mom, you know, there was some hesitation of like, you know, sharing that with the kids, but I was like, no, I'm like, to me, this is part of my reality, whatever you want to call it. But like, I can very clearly tell when like, when my aunt Helen is around, it's a very different energy from when my grandma D is around. Sure. Do the fellas come around? Not so much, you know? Um, and it's, it's just also, you know, that I don't, I don't know. It just mm-hmm. the fireplace thing. They For just, sure. They just came through the fireplace. And so it's kind of like the drawers and the night and I, and then you want to have those night cameras and it's like, well, nothing ever gets caught on the night camera. It's like, well, 
I don't want to see what's on the night camera. <laughs> you actually like, saw it in action. Could, uh, nope. Nope. Hard oh. no. You keep your little nest cameras. I'm going to stay asleep unless the fucking taps come on or something. My alarm <laughs> clock that shouldn't work goes. <laughs> well, I don't think I would have known that like, I mean, I think weird stuff happened in the, in the 506 Adam's house, but mm-hmm. just when you're called, you're just like, Hey, just so you know, when you're not home, there's footsteps. Right. So, yeah. So the, we've talked about the house, um, that I moved out of, um, that me and my family had lived in for 21 years mm-hmm. and for a couple of years, Kate and her husband and her wee boy, Sam lived upstairs and, and this, this is the second this is the third Adam's house. Second. This is second. Yes, this is the third one because I lived in the corner one that was haunted. I lived in the basement apartment, which was not haunted. Um, and then we bought um 506. Um, but yeah, what was it? Did I actually call you? Because I'm trying to think too, like when did we get cell phones? 2001? <laughs> or maybe I I can remember calling you when you worked at Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and being like, is somebody upstairs? Oh yeah. Because I hear something. It sounds like somebody's walking around up there mm-hmm. and I was home alone with my own baby kiddo. That's probably what it was. Do you know that maybe even Sam wasn't born yet because I was new in that house. I moved in when I was like eight months pregnant with Sarah. Yeah. And then you had that one tenant upstairs and then we moved in after that. Yep. 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 I, yep. Yep. We weren't even married. I mean, we were, I mean, we got pregnant right. on the wedding night, but you know. Yeah, no, it was pretty, it wasn't that long after we had moved in ourselves. So getting used to the sounds of that house. Maybe that ghost from down the road just followed you. They're like, Hey, you didn't move far enough away. I'm going to follow you. Hey, no, hey. Yeah. Well, that's all, that's all that ever really happened in that house. You know, that <clears throat> that house um, the energy that I got off of that house was a very maternal. Mm, I love that. House. Like the bones of that house was just like so loving and felt right. And I remember just walking in the front door being massively pregnant, you know, yes, we're looking for a house. That's the only house we looked at. <laughs> we looked at no other houses and we're just like, yes, this is in our price range and, um, we need to live here. I felt it in my bones. I was so heartbroken, you know, to leave it. Um, it just felt really safe. I had this feeling of like, we will be good here. You know, this, is, this will be a good place for us to grow. And it, and it was. Um, but yeah, there was unmistakably the sound of somebody walking around upstairs when nobody was home. Because then, you know, after you guys moved out, Frank moved in. He lived there for a number of years. Then my mom moved in and it was the same thing. She could be gone all weekend and I would just hear like, you know, the house was built in 1860, you know, the floorboards creaked. Mm-hmm. It just sounded like somebody gently walking from the bedroom into the bathroom, into the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I'd just be like, shrug. <laughs> like it didn't scare me. Right. Um, Outside of like, probably when I asked you about it, like, is somebody home upstairs? Cause I was probably spooked like an intruder. You know what I mean? Oh <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And so it wasn't the case. That was, that was my only, um, that was the only thing that ever happened in that house. And then there's what happened to me last night. <gasps> yes. <laughs> was that in your current house in your apartment? No, it was actually in the graveyard. <laughs> Well, um, no. Oh, right. Were you on the lantern walk? I was at the lantern tour with James Mann. 
um, which are amazing. And so I actually took my mom to her cousin's internment yesterday. So an internment is where you take the ashes and you put them in the ground um, with, you know, the gravestone, the family, and the plot. So we drove out there and we also did this one year ago for um, her other cousin who was sibling to the cousin that was being interned. Their last name happens to be Hogan, Sarah and Tom Hogan. And so I took, you know, went to the internment. It was lovely to see my aunt and uncle who were also there with me and my mom, drove back, went to the cemetery tour. And then I was talking to some friends as we were a lot walking along that like, oh yeah, I went to this, you know, I took my mom to this internment today and I, I had brought up Sarah and Tom. And all of a sudden, and we've been walking in the cemetery for about an hour now on this tour, looking at gravestones, but we didn't really look at anything too close. You know, you're not, we, no one, we never read any names. So as we're walking out, because we decided to leave the tour just a little bit early. Um, and so we're walking in the dark um, with one lantern through the cemetery, trying to get back to our car. And, you know, and there's a lot of solar lights around, you know, it's not a super yeah, it's a huge thing. cemetery too. Huge cemetery has a lot of little solar lights here and there at the gravestones. And my friend next to me goes, Hey, look at those little lights. So another friend behind us, for some reason, decides to walk up really close to the gravestone and flashes the light onto this really, really big um, headstone. And in really big letters, the only thing that it says is Hogan. <laughs> Like, they were like, thanks for stopping by today, Kate. Right? It felt like a little hat tip thank you of like, totally. So we're here. And I'm like, Laura, why did you point at that headstone? She's like, I have no clue. She's like, I just did. And I was just like, that it, I, so my family's really freaking lovely that way. That's it's adorable. That's really sweet. Yeah. So there, that, that wasn't a spooky paranormal, but like, you know, a sweet paranormal. No. Good That's stuff. Cool. You watch out for each other, you know. That's so. good. Yeah. yeah. I, um, when you're talking about Sam being little, there was a instance, uh, when, um, Eamon was little, he was like three, I would say. So my kids are five. So Sarah would have been eight. So Greg's, um, father died, um, when Sarah was two, Eamon was not yet born. And, you know, my dad was Poppy and Greg's dad was granddad to the kids. And Sarah doesn't remember him. Eamon never met him. You know, we have photos of him holding Sarah and stuff. So that's all. But by the time Eamon was three, he was, um, he slept like, so Sarah had a trundle bed and that night we'd pull out the lower bed and that's where Eamon would sleep. I'd read the kids a story, you know, and lay in bed with them and then we'd go to bed. And, um, Sarah, Sarah came and told me that Eamon, um, had told her that this man keeps sitting on the end of his bed and he has, you know, he's kind of bald and he's got gray hair and he's real skinny. He's got this big nose and, um, Sarah's like, what are you talking about? Who's he? And he said, he's granddad. And she was like, we don't have a granddad. And he said, well, he told me he's my granddad. (laughs) And Sarah, you know, little eight-year-old Sarah or whatever was like, mom, Eamon says granddad comes and talks to him at night. (laughs) 
And I was like, he probably, he probably does because <laughs> he was a lovely yeah. man. And I just, it was such a specific thing because, you know, he wasn't grandpa, he was granddad, which is, you know, a very, very British thing. There's no, like, people don't call them grandpas here. It's your granddad, you know? And uh, so he was granddad and, but like Eamon never met him. And so it was just like a short period where he'd come and sit on his bed and talk to Eamon. It's very sweet. Um, and yeah, and you know, I haven't had anything in this. We've moved in. We bought this house rather here in the UK. We moved in in March and it's been, it's been fine. This house was built in 1904. It's, I've also have this feeling of like, it's just lovely and cozy and felt it in my bones the first time I walked into it. The house that we moved from the rental house felt kind of like mm, vacuous and like it was all right, <laughs> but I didn't love it. And there was a woman who lived there um, named Eunice Almond. Isn't that a great name? Eunice Almond. <laughs> and I only know because I got all of her junk mail for like senior citizen cruise ship <laughs> things. <laughs> but uh, I never, I always used to joke, like, you know, if I heard something, I'd be like, oh, that's Eunice, you know, or whatever. But I actually never had any ghosty, ghosty stuff. But when we figured out, we made the bid on the house that we moved into upstairs in the, in our, in our bedroom, there was like a, a built-in vanity, you know, so like little drawers in the mirror. And, uh, like when I started like, okay, we're going to be moving out all of a sudden in front of that vanity for the last two months, two, three months that we lived there, every time I like walked by there or cause I kept some of my things in there, like, you know, my crunchy hippie gridola made at home deodorant and like, you know, like nothing, my, <laughs> my cosmetics, which amount to homemade deodorant, um, and SBF 50 sun face ship. But anyway, it like reeked of rose roses, rose perfume. And I was like, where is that? And I telling you what, Kate, I was on my hands and knees. I was smelling the carpet. I was looking in Craig's, <laughs> I'm like, do we have some weird, Oh and I was God. like, oh, and then I was like, maybe Eunice is like sad we're leaving her. She's, or maybe she's like, get out of my house. I don't know, but it was definitely rose floral perfume. Oh, because it's like, that's what my grandma smells like. It's also like oil of Olay. Yes, yes, yes. Rose water it was Olay. so strong and it was just there where it would be if a lady was to put her makeup on and stuff. Like, I know. It was very sweet. And so I did, you know, I made a point of like every house I've ever moved out of and into like just kind of a little touch a door frame and be like, thank you. You know, either we're going to live here and I hope, I hope we all get along. I'm going to treat you with respect. And when we're done, thank you, you know, for, for sheltering us. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's energy there, right? Like, yeah, I haven't had anything here. Although I have heard the building in front of us is like possibly the most haunted building in Ipsy, but I don't think it compares to the house that you lived in. Um, but I, Wait, have it, I, I know what house you live in, but is it like the, the historic museum? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it could be because all of all that, all the historic stuff is in there as well. The archives are in there. <laughs> all the stories. Um, yeah. It's so funny. They were cleaning out some of the archives and like to see, like they used to keep information on like, envelopes that were handwritten it was like murder 
1845. Oh, wow. I know it was really weird. I must have been like in an anti-hoarder phase because I'm really shocked I didn't save any. But Wait, but you grabbed a bunch of those posters. I'm just remembering now. Yeah, because I must have gone out of my like anti-hoarder mm-hmm. phase and be like, no, I can collect stuff again. <laughs> um, you know, it ebbs and flows with my attention span. <laughs> um, but yeah, is it spooky stories or sweet spirit stories? Who knows? Um, That's good. Yeah, I don't have people come in to visit me. Um, you know, when I was when I was fifteen, my aunt died of breast cancer, and she died way too young. Uh, she was not even forty, and she left two girls. Um, and when she she was still alive, but she was very sick. She had come to me in a dream. And like had a serious talking to me and, and told me that, um, that I, that my role in life was to be a teacher. I need to be a teacher, be a teacher. And so I took that to be like, I'm going to be a school teacher. Cause you know, at the time I was like 14 or something. And, um, you know, I spent so many years feeling like I failed that mission. Like she came to me and told me and I didn't do it. And I always felt so bad about that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, like uh, how many teaching roles have I taken on? You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's all, it's all, I had a, I had a similar, my mom got me a psychic reading that we have on a cassette tape somewhere. Whoa. I have it saved. And if I can pull it out, I will, um, we'll have a little zoom party and I'll play it because it does talk about how I'm supposed to be teaching. And I think Ella was a baby, baby. So I hadn't started childbirth idea. I was like teaching. I was like, in my head, I was like, I don't really like kids. (laughs) Right. But I ended up being a, I ended up being a teacher just in a different way. And um, yeah, yeah, those little, those little little moments of tapping into the unknown. Right. Yeah. This is fun. I don't, I luckily knock on wood either. I've completely blocked out scary moments of, um, you know, I think I've mm-hmm. seen glasses move on tables. Oh, we did have a TV at your house. We had this old box TV, like wood box, like mm-hmm. just heavy ass old ones. Yeah, stupid. And that would just pop on and off, but we just kind of like related that to its age, but there, like it still had no reason to be popping on and off. You know, so it's just like mm-hmm. the TV was down all of a sudden. You're just like, okay, or the TV would just decide you're just done watching television. <laughs> okay, we're done watching television right now, I guess. Um, and then it would just go on sometimes. But I, it's like I, I, I guess I normalized it that I didn't even think about it till just now. I haven't thought about that in a long time. That is funny. That's I know. That was in the five hundred six house. Yep. Yeah, super benign. I mean, the house always felt great. I, I. Yeah, mm-hmm. very strong affinity to that house. And um, my historic house that I lived in for the last nine years didn't have anything. Uh, we did know that um, one of the owners died in the garden out back. But, hmm. um, and he, and the house was sold with his shaving kit, his Bible, the pamphlet from his funeral and three rocks. Oh, wow. That got, that just goes on with the house and it's in the okay. little corner and it's covered in the basement. And, nice. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, I, I did love that about the historic house that there were just is a thing that gets passed along and all of those things. So. Yeah. Do you know what I left at 506? 
There is a huge plastic storage tote full of CDs from the 90s up in the garage loft. I have to say, um, I hope they found them. I hope so. I kind of want to ask them. We do know. There's probably like Terrence Trent Darby and shit in there and like psychedelic furs. (laughs) Mel, between your music taste and Greg's, that's going to be quite. Um. I, yeah, we do know the lovely, the 506 went to very beautiful, lovely family owner. We do know. So the, the house stayed in the communal family. So I might ask them if they, I'll be, I'll just, I'll, I'll just ask her if she's found the treasure in the garage. (laughs) So Kara, did you find the treasure in the garage? So funny. There's just a huge box of them. Yeah, I couldn't get rid of it. It was hard to get rid of stuff in the middle of the early days of the pandemic. Got rid of so much stuff really well. I appreciate very with what you were here. (laughs) Okay, so to shift gears a little bit, and then I suppose we can wind down since we've told our stories. Um, and you talked about you you would ask, like, do you ever wonder how much shit that we don't see because we're so busy right right? um one of the things that i notice is um and i wonder about because and i'm just wondering about it because it's just happened um where i'll have like a cluster of days and for like the last six days or so i feel like i've probably collectively had like 15 different uh deja vu things yeah where it's just like so thick with it. We're so much so that I'm like, Oh, I dreamed this. And then I'm like, and Greg's going to say this next or, and then a blue car is going to pass by. Like, I know what's going to happen. Um, and, and then, you know, several months can go by without me even ever having that. Right. So what is that about? Does anybody know why you can have a cluster of like, hardcore synchronicities or deja vus and then nothing at all is it like a thin place is it you know i don't know astrologically aligned because weren't you just telling me like we're in this weird eclipse season yeah yeah the two eclipses that are relationships are getting rocked and you know shed and shedding shedding things doing a bit of a culling might we say yeah um so yeah what are the things that play into the different cycles of accessibility to the possibilities because I think there are so many possibilities that, and also maybe understanding just like there's a lot of different cycles of a lot of different things of like, yeah, maybe if we slowed down and pay attention enough and you tracked like when you'd have these like little, you know, poofs of, of, of um, deja vu. Cause I recently also, I haven't had deja vu in a long time. And in the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of really defined deja vu moments that I was like, okay, this is okay, I'm noting. Yes. Um, Right. It's like, that's all you can do. And it's like, if you start, like if I charted or, you know, not charted, but like kept track of how, when I feel more permeable to, you know, my ancestors talking to me or, um, where you feel like you can intuit people a little bit more. Um, like, I think there's different types of, there's a bunch of tentacles of, might I say superpowers or, um, abilities to access other levels of existence or um, observation of being in existence um, mm-hmm. and slowing down and, and just paying attention enough to them and um, seeing if those pictures start to form 
of cycles and um yeah i mean i think there's a lot more to this world than we decide to you know pull to the forefront of our consciousness all the time and it's just we've been we're so distracted by all the shiny things that it's like hey there's a whole bunch of other stuff happening in this world that it's kind of cool right do you know i harvested mugwort and uh, dried it and i was like well i don't know what, what, what am i gonna do with mugwort because <laughs> you know when i think of mugwort i just think of, it, of using it for moxibustion right to turn to breech baby a breech baby i was like okay so breech babies everywhere right so 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 here i'm i'm like well i know people drink it so i just harvested it because i recognized it Ooh. Also, so, you can use it for hip problems for your dachshund. <laughs> it's true. That's what we did on Sizzle. When she oh, really? Out. Yeah. Oh, when she threw her back out. Yeah. When she threw her back out. We use that. Um, moxibustion? Yeah, mugwort. Yeah. And you just around the little hip area. <laughs> People are going to be like, yeah, look crazy. Uh, that's so cool. Um, I'm finding dachshund and you're just like, I'll do it. <laughs> And it was a friend who, you know, is a trained acupuncturist and a certified acupuncturist. And so it's like, I was like, all right, let's try yeah. it. You know, yeah. When something's going on, you throw whatever and see what sticks, right? So um, did you look up what else is for mugwort? Are so mugwort, so I looked it up and it's like, yeah, you can make a tea of it and everything that I find. It's like, you know, you shouldn't drink a lot of it. Um, I don't, I, I don't think it will do any harm it's probably like most herbs if you you know drank concentrated gallons of it it'll destroy your liver um, and also if you drink excessive bergamot it can cause leg cramps there you go we know that mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. earl gray queen uh which <laughs> I, i'm also earl gray queen um but i switch it up because of that story and uh so i keep Earl Grey and peppermint. Anyway, mugwort. So yeah. So anyway, I harvested it because I was like, I know it's edible. I, I, I identified it in the field. I'll take it home, dry it. And then I, it's in a jar and I forgot I had it. And apparently woo woo, since this is our woo woo episode, coming out. <laughs> um, you know, you can drink it before bed to have, uh, uh, big dreams to have, you know, Good Can dream night. <laughs> I'm in customs. <laughs> Be like, what the fuck is this dried up herb? I don't know. Maybe I could try to send you some. I have a lot. Um, but it's it's kind of like one of those things. Like you know, <clears throat> if you are in this kind of like, and yeah, disclaimer, getting super woo. If you're in this open headspace where you want to talk to your ancestors or, you know, you just want to like kind of put your intention. If you use your sleep time as a meditation time that you set an intention before you go to bed. That's real. Set an intention before you go to bed. Right. That is real. Yes. Right. And so it's like that and you have your mugwort tea and you go to bed and I'm like, oh, but I try not to drink anything before bed because I have to get up and go pee. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, so all this conversation has reminded me, I need to uh, try the mugwort. No, let me know how it goes. I will. Okay. And then I'll send you some if I don't like break out in hives or anything crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a good idea. I <laughs> turn my breech baby. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, the witchy sides. Actually, if anybody wants to talk any other witchy topics, I kind of miss that part of our life too. Um, Amanda and I have done much pickling, preserving, and um, I do remember hosting you, blessing me when you became a midwife, of which we created a very beautiful red cowboy hat with a whole bunch of- bones on it. Yeah, chicken bones. It had like, you know, the little gloves, speculums, lube. It was great. Yeah, it had lube packets all over it, didn't it? Packets, yep. That was good. So funny. Beautiful things. It was a good hat. Um, (laughs) Thank you for that. Okay. Well, I guess is that, is that, are we done with our scary stories? Our scary, sweet spirit stories. Yes. Our spirit stories. Yours were spooky. Mine were more like, Hey, yeah, I had some bad, bad shit trying to get me for, for a while there. They backed off. Mine is more of just like my polite ancestors being like, can I keep you warm, but also get you attention for a chat? They brought you the ancestral gravy boat <laughs> to go with your Christmas. Like, of course I come from really polite ghost people. <laughs> no, of course you do. <laughs> Can I bother you? (laughs) They know how to set a table and they know how to write thank you cards. (laughs) RSVP. Super polite. We're just like, no, we just want to feel good right now. Let's just talk. I don't (laughs) want hysteria. Let's just talk. Can we talk? Can I process my feelings through your body really quick? (laughs) It's like, cool, let's do it. Let's do that. Oh my God. So good. Uh, All right. Well, happy Halloween. Oh, let's end this episode with what is your favorite Halloween candy? And what is your least favorite Halloween candy? I know you don't need any of it anymore. Kate will be like, I have a rice cake with a little (laughs) sprinkle of unsweetened cinnamon. (laughs) Um, My favorite Halloween candy, I have to say, okay. Um, Of course, I mean, it's very stereotypical. It's like the Reese's peanut butter cup. Yep. Hands down. and, and, And a Kit Kat. Um, okay. So let's say you have gone through your kid's bag and you've taken, you take enough Reese's peanut butter cups, but not all of them because they'll know that you've been in it. So what's the second runner up to the peanut butter cup? Cause that is the obvious first, uh, then a Kit Kat, but mm. sometimes I'm overcome with joy for an almond joy. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Like there was a point that, and you're like, I'm like, I know you guys are not going to eat an almond. Joy. They don't like almonds when they're that little. They're not yeah. going to get into that and or coconut. coconut. Yeah. Coconut's kind of like, yeah, Sam's not a coconut kind of guy. Mm-mm. So that was always a safe one to completely demolish. And they always left like the good and plenties or like the gummy fruity ones, which I just, didn't. I'm like, no, oh, I don't like this. Why do we all like the chocolate? Cause it's good. It is good. Okay. So what's the worst? Cause I'm with you there. It's the Reese's peanut butter cup, Kit Kat. Um, and yeah, almond joy mounds bars, and, you know, and, and frankly, anything out of the Hershey's miniature bag. It's really, that's real. I did. I did. Um, what was the late? Is it, was it a hundred grand? That was <laughs> the uh, weird nuggety crunchy, crispy thing. Mm-hmm. I gained a late appreciation for that before, you know, yeah eat that stuff anymore um although i am like sometimes sneaking i had like something. yeah but like if you go into like a gas station or something you don't even see 100 grand bars anymore like that's like strictly in the halloween candy yeah. like baby ruth mm-hmm. right um i used to love a score a score bar 
and it was like really hard toffee with chocolate on it. You'd like scrape the chocolate yes. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a Heath bar. Yeah. And then you'd like suck on the in. in, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The process of eating sweet. See, this is why we're friends. Cause if you were like, you know, I just hate chocolate and I, I frankly just like a good butterscotch hard candy, I'd be like, don't speak to me. Yeah. <laughs> Werther's is fine. Werther's. Dude, I do love and find it all, um, you know, like where you'll find Werther's, you'll also find those strawberry ones with this jelly filling that are wrapped like a strawberry. I know a few years ago, there was a meme talking about only Mexican grandmas eat those. And I was like, uh, fuck you. Oh, oh no. Those- My people are Polish and I love those. <laughs> I am Swedish and Scottish. And that was <laughs> jam. I was just like, Mm-mm. Th- those are good hard candies. Wait, like almost some- sometimes you get so excited, you like slice your tongue on like... <laughs> like the inner cavity had this sharp edge once you broke into it and you're like ow my tongue but it's so good (laughs) okay okay and the worst the worst candy oh it's that weird black and orange it was like peanut butter toffee yes i had no (laughs) mary jane's squirrel what were those squirrel things i don't even know i just threw them straight in the trash they were like wax paper wrapped they were like brown and yellow hmm but a band or candy squirrel nut zippers that's a band (laughs) but i always i always assumed that they were named after those terrible candies it wasn't really terrible like it's like where they wanted to do more things with peanuts but failed yeah because they were being too cheap and stingy with the chocolate that should have covered that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't care. Like we don't want just a nugget, and that's not even good nugget. No, is inferior, disgusting. No, nope. Those go straight in the trash. Mm-mm. No. How do you feel about a Smarties? Just the thought of it gives me a headache. <laughs> like so say, I just had like a like a, between my like between my temples and my ears and my eyeballs, it just became like this trapezoid yeah sharp pain so sweet tarts <laughs> is that gonna be like a little sound button <laughs> what was oh sweet tart i was like why sweet tarts in pregnancy people eat sweet tarts uh, when for nausea that would be one of the tips i ate tums you ate tums he had the hot bun <laughs> i had the hot bun hot man um okay well i guess that we are uh we are twinsies for our halloween candy i i don't drink alcohol anymore but i really did enjoy witch's brew around the holidays which is oh, see i thought that was it was too it was like drinking worcestershire sauce it was like too much it was very much like glug which is a swedish mulled wine that we would serve that holidays yeah um, and I did have a party one time. We didn't cook it down as long as normal. And a lot of the alcohol got so drunk at that party. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, but it's funny. <laughs> um, patient. No. So it, did, it reminded me of Glug. So that's mm-hmm. why I loved it. Um, it's really sweet. Yeah. I also find apple cider, like hot apple cider, mulled apple cider. Like it's just too sweet. It's too sweet. It always seems good in theory. It smells great, but I can't do it. It's too uh-uh. much. Yeah. It's like, I almost need just a little shooter, a little shot glass of it. Little, little Can we mix water. this with sparkling water? No, right. Warm, sparkling water, please. Warm, sparkling water. Does it still sparkle when it's warm? I don't a think so. It's more, of like a, it's more of like an effervescence than a bubble. 
Do you, do you see what's around us right now, Kate? Do you know what these are? These uh, are weeds. We are in the weeds, friend. And <laughs> we did it. We did it. Okay. So we just got tangential with our favorites. Um, so are you watching, listening to anything? No. Okay. Hard right. no. Cool. What's your favorite Halloween movie? Movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Got so much pressure. It's okay. Cause I can edit this and remove the scab. No. Oh, <laughs> oh God. You know, yeah. I mean, I do love the shining. It's my favorite. Okay. okay. Scary movie. I don't know if I've ever actually seen the shining. What girl now? I you can know. now. I used to hate scary movies. I, I, it's- I'm liking them better. I don't know if living alone and watching them is a great idea around the Halloween era uh, time. Uh, But yeah, I promise at some point, if I ever partner up, I will um, and domesticate with someone who lives in the same house as me. I will watch The Shining. It's really well done and it still holds today. Like I can watch it and it's, it's scary. It's legitimately scary. Okay. Well done, Stanley Kubrick. Well done, Stanley Kubrick. Um, mine is, um, young Frankenstein. Oh, that's a comedy. It's fantastic though. No. And you could have probably guessed because of my love of Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. He's so handsome and cute in that. No, I, I got a thing for Gene Wilder. He's so great. Yeah. Actually I had to deliver a, um, every other Friday we, at the end of a sprint, we do like an all company presentation. It has to be like five minutes. And we've gotten to the point where we do them themed sometimes and you're presenting PowerPoint. Mm. And I did mine as young Frankenstein. And so I got the black and white filter through the zoom thing, whatever, yeah. like black and white. And I put this, you know, like printed thing behind me. So it looked like wallpaper and I stuck a pillow on my shoulder and I put this black sweater around me and I did my entire presentation as Igor. <laughs> it was on point. I, I won like best presentation ever. That is so funny. We quote that movie all the time in this house. Like just read, if I go to give Greg a kiss, he'll say, Taffeta darling. <laughs> Would you like a roll into hay? okay we're just in it um, see synchronicities abound okay well um happy halloween everybody halloween everybody Love you, Mandy. We'll come back at you soon with another episode about something. <laughs> Anything. Let us know. Anything. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.